G'day, Starlo here and welcome to my third Cutting Edge Fishing Wisdom podcast. In the first two episodes, I talked about what I chose to call Soft Plastics 101, the absolute basics of successful fishing with soft plastic lures. In the process, I delved briefly into the history of these lures and why they work so well. Then I looked in depth at the major soft plastic families and the various presentation vehicles for rigging them. If you missed either of those episodes, I'd strongly recommend that you go back and have a listen. In this third episode, I want to move beyond the 101 basics and look at some of the more advanced aspects of soft plastic fishing, in particular the various rigging and presentation strategies for getting these lures in front of fish, hooking them and hopefully landing a few. I finished up last time by mentioning in passing that there are a whole range of rigging strategies beyond the basic jig head. But before we leave those humble jig heads, a few words on how best to rig your softies on them for optimum results. The biggest tip I can give you in this regard is to always measure the plastic alongside the jig hook before rigging it and take careful note of where the rear of the hook bend comes to on the plastic's back. This is where you'll want the hook point to exit when you rig the tail. If you need to, and especially when starting out, use a marker pen to put a dot on the plastic's back at that exact spot or use the hook point to make a little nick in the plastic's back. Over time you'll find that you don't need to do this as you'll become quite adept at locating the hook exit point just by eye. Once you know where the hook point is going to come out it shouldn't be too hard to thread the tail on. Start by piercing the hook point dead centre in the plastic's nose then carefully feed the tail onto the hook rather like you'd thread a garden worm onto a hook. Bring the point out at that pre-measured spot, pull the tail straight and you should be in business. Although I'll talk about some further tweaks and tests in a few minutes. Moving beyond the basic jig head, there's also a range of quite radically different presentation strategies and vehicles for presenting plastics. And all of them have at least some application to the local scene. Almost all of these alternate presentation strategies evolved in the United States, with the exception of drop shotting, which originated in Japan. Most were developed specifically to target the ubiquitous American largemouth bass and its cousin, the smallmouth bass. These fish frequently live in very weedy freshwater lakes and impoundments or snag-studded rivers. It's worth bearing all of this in mind when we're looking at these rigs. Very often when we take on these rigs, we're attempting to adopt an approach that was designed to do something quite specific in another part of the world altogether. Those things don't always translate well to the local scene, at least not without a few modifications. It's also worth making a comment in passing about the names of some of these rigs. Again, they mostly owe their origins to North American bass fishing, and therefore many of them carry uniquely American handles. Just as some spinnerbait blade shapes have been named after US states, Colorado and Indiana for example, so have some soft plastic rigs, like Texas and Carolina rigs. Others are a little more creative, like the so-called wacky rig. (laughs) 
To make things even more confusing, there seems to be a degree of flexibility in the precise definition of some of these descriptions and a propensity for Australian writers and editors to sometimes get it completely wrong. For example, I've regularly seen running Texas rigs incorrectly described as Carolina rigs in some local publications. There isn't time for me to go into great detail on all of these rig variations here, but there's plenty of information about them online and on YouTube, should you wish to broaden your horizons. However, one thing a lot of these rigs do share is the use of what are called worm hooks. These worm hooks are amongst the most popular presentation vehicles for softies after leadhead jigs. So, what are worm hooks? Coming at it from an Australian perspective, many anglers might assume that anything called a worm hook was meant to have a scrubby, a squirty, a sandy, a beach worm or a blood worm impaled on it. The same kind of logic would also lead one to believe that a bait caster reel was designed to cast baits. (laughs) Wrong on both counts. We can blame the Yanks for these seemingly eccentric names. They call lures baits, so a bait caster is actually primarily intended for chucking lures, and a worm hook is for rigging soft plastics, including those rubber worms that are so popular over there for catching largemouth and smallmouth bass. Worm hooks generally have a wide, rounded or angled gape and a point that typically lies in line or on the same plane as the hook's eye, meaning that they're not usually curbed or offset. They may also have a kink or a short straight section ahead of a sharp bend in the shank not too far behind the eye. So they're quite distinctive looking. These hooks are intended to be threaded into a soft plastic by piercing the front end of the plastic with the hook point and bringing it out a short distance back under what I like to call the plastic's chin. The hook is then pulled right through until that short front section or kink is inside the plastic's head with the hook eye still exposed in front. The hook's then turned over and brought up through the lure's belly and usually out of its back. So, why would we rig a plastic this way instead of on a standard jig head with the hook well exposed? Well, sometimes fish hang out deep inside the branches of drowned or fallen trees and rock piles and they refuse to venture out. Often the only way to catch them is to rig a plastic lure as snag-proof as we can possibly make it and throw it right into the mess of twigs and branches and rocks. Similarly, many fish feed in, under and around weed beds, submerged grass and dense mats of lily pads. Again, the only way to extract them may well be to throw a lure right back into all this hook-grabbing vegetation. The best way to rig plastics so that they resist catching on snags and dense weeds or foliage and don't constantly hang up or foul on this structure is to use these specially shaped worm hooks and carefully rig your soft lures on them. For such specialised jobs, worm hooks work very well indeed. Such rigs are especially effective on Saratoga and Barramundi in our tropical lilies and weeds, as well as all manner of other fish, including mangrove jacks, around thick snags. Smaller worm hooks also do a very good job on bass, estuary perch, and even brim or flathead in and around thick weed beds and snags further south. Once you've placed a plastic on an unweighted worm hook or even an unadorned straight hook or jig hook with no head, it can either be fished unweighted as already described or some weight can be added to the line ahead of or below the lure. The two traditional rigging methods for adding weight to plastics in this way are the Texas rig and the Carolina rig. 
The Texas rig has the sinker or weight sitting right on the nose of the soft plastic, hard up against the hook eye, either pegged in place or free running. A Carolina rig separates the weight from the lure by using a stopper, such as a swivel, split shot or a fixed bead. <laughs> and really, it's as simple as that. I tend to use a slight modification of the pegged Texas setup when rigging weedless or snag-proof plastics for most Aussie fish. It consists of adding a ball sinker to the loop knot when tying the hook to my leader. It works for me, and I'd hate to think how many Barramundi and Saratoga in particular I've caught on this rig over the years. Split shotting and drop shotting are two other weighting techniques worth knowing about when using soft plastics. Split shotting involves the addition of a split shot or two in front of a rig soft plastic, while drop shotting presents one or more soft plastics on a paternoster or dropper style rig with the weight attached below the lure. Both strategies have their place. Another interesting little adaptation that works quite well, especially if you're caught out on the water with no worm hooks or separate weights in your tackle box, is to rig weedless or snag proof on a standard lead head jig. This is done by hooking up the plastic exactly as described when using a worm hook, in through the nose, out through the chin, and then back up under the belly and out of the back. The hook point can be left shielded inside the plastic or brought out slightly, depending on how snaggy the terrain is that you're fishing. You can also use pliers to slightly bend the shank of the hook to make this rigging method easier to do. Look, if you're listening to this as an audio-only podcast and having trouble getting your head around those instructions, be sure to check out the video version on my Starlo Gets Real YouTube channel. That'll make it a lot clearer. Regardless of the presentation vehicles you use and the rig you ultimately choose, it's absolutely critical that you rig your soft plastics just right, the way the manufacturer intended. That means straight and true, so that they swim correctly in the water. If you're watching the YouTube version of this podcast, study the images and video accompanying it closely and always take the time to rig them right. You won't believe the difference it can make to your results. If your rigged soft lure looks neat and straight on the jig head or worm hook and the point emerges smack in the center line of the plastic's back, or at least within a millimetre or two of it, you probably have it fairly right. On the other hand, if the finished package looks in any way dodgy, as in slightly crooked, bent, skewed or bunched up, do it again. Seriously, it's worth the effort. Getting it right can potentially make a huge difference to your catch rates. No matter how good everything looks, you should never cast a rig soft plastic and begin fishing with it before dropping it in the water on a short length of line at your feet or beside the boat or kayak and pulling it along for a metre or so to check its action. Do this every single time you rig a plastic. If the lure swims straight and looks good on this test run, the tail wobbles or kicks enticingly, and the whole package imitates something that might actually be alive, (laughs) then you've rigged it properly and you can start fishing. But if anything looks the slightest bit odd, the lure's laying over on its side or corkscrewing through the water or just not swimming properly, lift it out of the water and tweak it. This could be as simple as twisting the tail ever so slightly on the hook 
or holding the nose of the plastic and pulling on it to straighten it out. Or it might involve removing the plastic from the jig completely and starting all over again. Whatever needs to be done, do it. I've seen my mate Bushy remove and re-rig a plastic tail from his jig head three or four times before being happy with it, then fire it out and catch a fish first cast. There's an obvious lesson in that. (laughs) I can't stress strongly enough how much difference a little bit of attention to detail can make when it comes to rigging your soft plastics. Getting it even 10% wrong can decrease your strike and hookup rate by 90%. True story. I hope the fairly basic but very important lessons I've taught you in this episode put you on the road to becoming a better and more successful soft plastic fisher. These really are phenomenal lures. Once you learn to get the best from them, you won't look back. I promise. I hope you've enjoyed this short series on effective soft plastic fishing. It's something we'll definitely return to in the future. But for now, I think I've given you more than enough to think about and digest. In the next episode of Cutting Edge Fishing Wisdom, I'm going to look at a very specific strategy and technique for targeting one of Australia's favourite fish, the mighty dusky flathead. But not just any flathead, I'm going to focus right in on targeting what I call the unicorns. Those crocodile-sized flathead we all dream about catching. With spring very much in the air as I record this podcast, the timing couldn't be better. So I hope you'll tune in. Meanwhile, be sure to check out all the content on my Starlo Gets Real YouTube channel, as well as my Starlo's Fishertopia Facebook page and Instagram account. And if you'd like to help me produce more instructional content like this in the future, please consider buying me a coffee or shouting me a beer. Just go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Starlo to find out how. Until next time, tight lines.